following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you very much. Happy Mother's Day. What a fun day. And didn't you love that all-female praise team up here this morning? It looked so beautiful and sounded so good. And uh, all the videos and the pictures were just bringing tears to my eyes. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Can't cry yet. Got to calm down. Get a hold of yourself. But I, I love being a mom. It's one of my prized uh, hats that I wear, and uh, it's, it's nothing like being a mother. And I want to honor today, before I get started, my own beautiful mother. I'm blessed to still have her with me. She's 84 years old. She lives in Houston, and she is the delight of our family. And uh, she's our matriarch that we give high, high honor to, and we love Joyce Jones. If you know Joyce Jones, you love Joyce Jones. And I also want to honor my mother-in-law, She's gone on to be with the Lord, but she was a wonderful woman of God who gave me this man right here. And so I honor her. And uh, there was only one Geraldine Johnson, and that's all we needed. (laughs) And she gave me the one and only Rex Johnson, and that's all we need too. (laughs) I love him very much, and I honor him. And I want to honor my three daughters. I have three beautiful daughters, and I was so pleased to see them all up on the stage this morning. It just makes a mother's heart just pound out of its chest, you know, you just get so excited and so proud to see your daughter serving God and doing God's work, it just means everything to me, and they're beautiful mothers too, and they're giving me beautiful babies. Well, you may have thought you were coming to hear a deep, complex message today, but let me invite you to come back next week when the pastor of Masterpieces will be speaking. Because today, I'm going to speak to you about a character, Winnie the Pooh. A.A. Milne named Winnie the Pooh after a stuffed teddy bear owned by his son, Christopher Robin Milne. He was the basis for the character Christopher Robin. The rest of Christopher Robin Milne's toys was Piglet, Eeyore, Kanga, Roo, Tigger. These were all his toys, and they were all transported into Milne's stories. Two more characters, Owl and Rabbit, were created by Milne's imagination. And his toy bear is on display at the main branch of the New York Public Library in New York City. In the Milne books, Pooh is naive, slow-witted, but friendly, thoughtful, and steadfast. Although he and his friends agree that he has no brain, Pooh is occasionally acknowledged to have a clever idea, mostly driven by common sense. Pooh is also a talented poet, and the stories are frequently punctuated by his poems and hums. Although he's humble about his slow-wittedness, he is comfortable with his creative gifts. He can advise you on such matters as love, missed goals, or selflessness. He's celebrated every year on the National Winnie the Pooh Day that falls on author A.A. Milne's birthday, January 18th. Winnie has his own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for a reason. He's not just another cute bear. He's a fluffy bundle of joy and childish wisdom whose take on life might inspire you to reassess yours. Here's some wit and wisdom from a very unlikely source. And some of my favorite Pooh-isms are, how do you spell love? Piglets ask. 
You don't spell it. You feel it, said Pooh. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 states, <clears throat> Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. This is God's very nature and the greatest of all Christian virtues. I heard about a missionary who each day would read the four verses from the New Testament passage that lists the 16 characteristics of love. At the beginning of each verse or phrase, she would substitute her name. When she reached a characteristic that she knew was not true of her, she had to stop. Her aim was one day to get through the whole list. The first of the four verses starts with love is patient. I wanted to try this, so I substituted my own name and started with Patty is patient. I do not think it will come as any surprise to those of you who know me well that I had to stop there. <laughs> try this and see how truthfully you can quote this passage using your name. How do you feel love? Love is like the wind. I can't see it, but I can feel it. The definition of feeling is an emotional state or reaction, like a feeling of joy. Or it can be a belief, especially a vague or irrational one, like, I just had a feeling. When it comes to love, you will know it when you feel it, and you will feel it when you know it. Most here have experienced some sort of love, love of family, a friend, a spouse, a pet, the love of God. I'm blessed to say that I've never lived a day in my life that I didn't feel loved. My parents planned for me, wanted me, and prepared for me. I have felt their love since the day I was born, and I felt loved by my daddy even until the day he took his last breath. I continue, continue to feel love for my 84-year-old beautiful mother, and the love I feel for them is just as strong. The love of parents, grandparents, siblings, extended family is life-giving. And because we love, we will fight for family. We will protect our family. If someone picks on a family member, Get ready to have the whole tribe on your case. The love of a pet is powerful. Our late schnauzer, Coco Chanel Johnson. <laughs> or as Damon affectionately tagged her, Psycho. She was a nervous, neurotic dog that only her owners could love for 14 years. And when we had to put her down, we cried as we held her. That little peculiar dog had our heart. All of us have felt love of a friend. We all need true blue friends that you know will love you through thick and thin, that will stick closer to you than a brother. The love for and from a spouse is truly a many-splendored thing. The early days of courtship and marriage is exhilarating. It cha changes you. Last Sunday, if you were here, you heard a little of our story of how we got engaged. When I fell in love with Rex, I fell hard. I couldn't eat. I couldn't stop smiling. And the world looked more beautiful to me. I felt like I was walking on clouds. Suddenly, my life made sense and had meaning. And now, after 37 years of marriage, I feel more love for him now than I did in the beginning. Spousal love will make you do things you never thought of doing. Like our daughter, Caitlin. She married Jaron, and because she loves him, and he loves Alabama football, <laughs> this longhorned girl now yells, Roll Tide! Help us, Lord. <laughs> the love for my children is unfathomable. The love that I have for my three daughters, Cassidy, 
Misty, Cassidy, and Caitlin, has eclipsed beyond. Like my parents, we wanted these gifts from God. We prepared for them, and they have brought us endless joy. And can I tell you about my grandkids? Words fail me to describe what I feel for them. All seven have my heart and my wallet. (laughs) They can do no wrong. Like your grands, mine are the cutest, the sweetest, and the smartest that ever walked the earth. Grandparents, you can relate to this. For two solid hours, the lady sitting next to a man on an airplane airplane had told him about her grandchildren. She'd even produced a plastic fold-out photo album of all nine of her children. She finally realized that she had dominated the entire conversation on her grandchildren. Oh, I've done all the talking. I'm so sorry, she said. I know you certainly have something to say. Please, tell me, what do you think of my grandchildren? (laughs) And we are all recipients of the greatest love of all, God's love. His love surrounds us, giving us such good gifts as health, stable minds, homes to live in, cars to drive, jobs to work, family and friends to bring us joy, and a church full of his spirit to worship in. Not only are his blessings to us a gift of love, but he died so that we might be saved, the ultimate act of love. You just can't count or list all of his blessings. There are so many. Let the love of God abide in your heart every day. Pooism number two, you are braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. T. Harv Ecker said, stressful people have fear. I'm sorry, successful people have fear, successful people have doubts, and successful people have worries. They just don't let these feelings stop them. It's important to remember this when you're having a bad day or a bad week or a month and you feel like the world is closing in on you. The bottom line is you dig deep, you will find resources that you may not have known you had because we're all survivors. We all have overcome adversity of some sort. All have had our share of battles and we have gotten all smarter, stronger, and braver from the struggles we've endured. Maybe not right away and maybe not easily, but we've bounced back from hard times and we've proven to ourselves that our spirit is stronger than anything that could ever threaten to break it. Don't ever think I can't do that. Walk out of your comfort zone, no matter how scary it might be, because it's then that we discover our capabilities. I know personally the times that I've challenged myself and drifted beyond my comfort zone, I reaped the greatest rewards. Unleash your potential. Discover what you're capable of doing. Shatter any self-imposed limitations that are holding you back. After all, The journey is where the magic happens. When I married Rex, I immediately became a wife, mother of a seven-year-old, and a pastor's wife. I was 23, and by marrying him, I was taking on roles I had never filled. And the double whammy was I was replacing a beautiful, competent wife, mother, and pastor's wife who was extremely talented, admired, and loved. It was a daunting task before me, and truthfully, I was scared. Scared of failure afraid of rejection, fearful of comparison, and fretting incompetence. I wondered if I could be the best wife that this broken-hearted man needed. I worried if I could meet the needs and be a mother to a sweet little girl who had lost half of her family. I was anxious if I could win the love of the congregation who adored their pastor's wife. I didn't want to take her place or make anyone forget her, just a young bride trying to find my place and be the best I could be. God knew my fears, and with the strong assurance and confidence of a loving husband, with an eager little girl who wanted normalcy, and a wonderful accepting church family, I realized that I was braver and stronger than I ever realized.
Thomas Edison said, if we all did the things we were capable of doing, we would literally astound ourselves. It doesn't matter what anyone else says you can or can't do, nor does it matter what opinions others have for your life and what they consider possible. If you believe in yourself, then anything is possible. Why is it, though, that we don't believe in ourselves? That as soon as things get tough in our lives, we start doubting our abilities. We start thinking that we may not make it. We're stressing and worrying and imagining things that may go wrong in the future. We need to understand the human mind is the most powerful tool we own, but it can also be the most destructive. And we need to learn how to take control of the direction of our mind and our emotions. Your mind is going to provide you your greatest challenges in life because it is so powerful. So if you can conquer your mind, you can pretty much conquer anything else around you, literally. Mark Twain said, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the things you did do. So throw off the ropes, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sail, explore, dream, and discover. With God by our side, we can do anything. He's the one that makes us braver than we believe. And he's the one who makes us stronger than we seem. And he's the one who makes us smarter than we think. With him, all things are possible. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. My cousin Marilyn Stallman messaged me this week with a beautiful story of strength and determination of her dream. Years ago, she and her husband Hans wanted a child desperately. They both endured surgeries and rounds of hormone therapy before she finally conceived, only to miscarry after five months. Marilyn got pregnant again and lost twins at three months. She used to pray constantly for God to let them make and carry a baby. Finally, she started praying for God to give them a baby any way possible, that all she wanted was to be a mom. A year later, after a lot of money, time, and effort, their baby daughter, Courtney, arrived from Ecuador. This was not what they had planned for years, but it was God's plan, the way he wanted her to be a mother. When we back away from what we think our life should be and give him control, God makes it what he wants it to be. Pooism number three. Pooh says, sometimes the smallest things take up the most room in your heart. I asked my girls and husband to join me in texting me three good or positive things that happened in our day for the last three weeks. Amazingly, almost all the things that were reported were everyday small things. Like, I was able to stay home all day today in my PJs. I knocked out a big to-do list. Caroline got 100 on her spelling test. Had a yummy dinner tonight. Today is payday. (laughs) Windsor's team won their game today. Had a productive meeting. Used curbside shopping so I didn't have to get out of my car. My house is clean. Signed Finley up for summer soccer. Stayed on track eating healthy today. Got a mani-pedi today. Took a nap today. Ate Bluebell today and did not gain weight. It's the simple things that bring us the most joy. Some days, nothing big or important happened, but we were forced to think of three things we could say that were good about that day. Even if it hadn't been a good day, we still had to find three things that were good. Sounds pretty easy, right? Well, it wasn't. It's hard at first. If you've lived most of your life not focusing on goodness, it's not so simple to change that. 
Coming up with lists during some days was challenging, especially if I was having what I thought was a so-so day. David Lykin said he gave a recipe for a happy life. A steady diet of simple pleasures will keep you above your set point. Find the small things that you know give you a little high. A good meal, working in the garden, time with friends, and sprinkle your life with them. In the long run, that will leave you happier than some grand achievement that gives you a big lift for a little while. Here's a Pooh quote. When you wake up in the morning, Pooh, said Piglet at last, what's the first thing you say to yourself? What's for breakfast, said Pooh. What do you say, Piglet? I say, I wonder what's going to happen exciting today. Pooh nodded thoughtfully. It's the same thing. (laughs) Happiness is often in the little things. The little things in life aren't really little. They become the cornerstone of our days and they create the life we live. They gradually paint the masterpiece that is life. However, we mistakenly believe that only the big things make a profound difference. Let this be your happy challenge today. Be mindful of the smaller details in your moments. You start changing your moments, then it changes your day, and then it changes your life. Amen? Amen. Focus on the positive experiences. Give daily attention to the good things happening around you. It will be reflected in the quality of your life. Dennis Waitley said, a good life is a collection of happy moments. The simple things in life are kind of like the stars that shine on a clear night. They're always there surrounding us. However, it's not every day that we stop to look at them and remember that they exist. But when life gives us a small or a big setback, we suddenly appreciate what really builds our hearts, what constitutes each of these internal lines that create joy and give meaning to our existence. Perfect happiness is a beautiful sunset the giggle of a grandchild, the first snowfall, our ladies, a good hair day. Joy comes in sips, not gulps. In the happiest person, life brings struggles, pain, and disappointments. That's just life. Thank God there are also plenty of little moments of joy and pleasure in even the darkest of our days. The choice is ours. We can focus on the hardships of our daily life and grow fearful, frustrated, angry, and depressed. Or we can decide to pay attention to the little gifts that we've been given. This is the day that the Lord has made, sings the psalmist. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Maya Angelou wrote, this is a wonderful day. I've never seen this one before. Or like Pooh and Piglet's conversation. What day is it? asked Pooh. It's today, squeaked Piglet. My favorite day, said Pooh. Pooism number four, a little consideration, a little thought for others makes all the difference. The old gray donkey, Eeyore, stood by himself in a thirsty corner of the, in a thistly corner of the forest, his front feet well apart, his head on one side, and thought about things. Sometimes he thought sadly to himself, why? And sometimes he thought, wherefore? And sometimes he thought, inasmuch as which? And sometimes he didn't quite know what he was thinking about. There's something poignantly oxymoronic about Eeyore, that such laughter and joy can come from a gloomy character like him. In the same way being poor teaches us to appreciate wealth, having our hearts broken teaches us to love faithfully. Struggle and failure magnifies our victories. Eeyore's melancholy, in a subtle way, highlights the joys of life. Here's some classic lines and lessons for a beautiful life from Eeyore. 
A little consideration, a little thought of others makes all the difference, or so they say. In the original Winnie the Pooh, the animal friends and Christopher Robin were on an adventure and decide to sit down for lunch. Eeyore does not have a lunch, but finds that when Pooh stands up, he is sitting on Thistle, a great lunch for the morose donkey. Eeyore then blames Pooh for ruining his lunch by sitting on it. He said, a little consideration, a little thought for others makes all the difference. Though Eeyore might have said it passive-aggressively, it stands that once you know others' needs, you often can solve them, even with things you have overlooked or may have taken for granted. Our survival mechanism means we possess an inherent selfishness. Babies will learn mine as quickly as they learn mama or daddy. As inherent as our acts of selfishness, so too is the desire for selflessness. We've said it a thousand times. It's better to give than receive. But kindness takes a little more effort than we'd like to admit. Taking action to bridge the gap between desire and act can be an internal battle. But the possibility of making someone's day and even their life through what we can give should be good motivation, even if the difference goes unnoticed. ER also said, thanks for noticing me. It's what we all want. Beyond our physical needs, the fervent cry for acknowledgement underlies everything we do to be noticed, to be loved, to be validated. One of Eeyore's favorite lines highlights the power in simply acknowledging someone's presence, appreciating the uniqueness of their character and the serendipity that allows friends to share the same space and time. Every relationship is made up of chance occurrences which deserve marveling. Piglet sidled up to Pooh from behind. Pooh, he whispered. Yes, Piglet. Nothing, said Pooh, taking Pooh's paw. I just wanted to be sure of you. But the truth is, self-improvement can't happen if you only focus on you. You have to take others into consideration, whether that is your friends and family, your co-workers, your community, or even your world. We don't live in a bubble. Our lives have meaning because we have a plethora of relationships with a variety of people. We don't stay friends with people who always expect us to wait on them friend and foot, hand and foot. We stay friends because both parties get something out of the relationship, a sympathetic ear, fun nights out, or just the occasional holiday card. Love and kindness are never wasted. They always make a difference. Many years ago, a 10-year-old boy walked up to the counter of a soda shop, climbed onto a stool. He caught the eye of the waitress and asked, How much is an ice cream sundae? Fifty cents, the waitress replied. The boy reached into his pockets, pulled out a handful of change, and began counting. The waitress frowned impatiently. After all, she had other customers to wait on. The boy squinted up at the waitress. How much is a dish of plain ice cream, he asked. The waitress sighed, rolled her eyes. Thirty-five cents, she said with a note of irritation. Again, the boy counted his coins. At last, he said, I'll have the plain ice cream, please. He put a quarter and two nickels on the counter. The waitress took the coins, brought him the ice cream, and walked away. About ten minutes later, she returned and found the ice cream dish empty. The boy was gone. She picked up the empty dish and then swallowed hard. There on the counter next to the wet spot where the dish had been were two nickels and five pennies. The boy had had enough for a Sunday, but he had ordered plain ice cream so he could leave her a tip. In a world that constantly tells us to get all we can, every so often it's important to be reminded of the power of consideration. Eeyore said, it's snowing still. So it is. And freezing. Is it? Yes, said Eeyore. However, he said, brightening up a little, we haven't had an earthquake lately. (laughs) 
We've all blown things out of proportion before. Our problems will expand to fill the mental space we give it, and often we give it far too much. Psychologists call it catastrophic thinking, defaulting to worst-case scenarios. We think getting pulled over by the police means a night in jail. If our doctor calls us, something must be bad wrong. Fear is a powerful mechanism, and if untamed, it knows no boundaries. Eeyore knows the key, the word however, causes a mental reappraisal, a mindfulness that allows for a more rational evaluation. And actually thinking the worst-case scenario allows us to realize how unjustified and unrealistic we are being. Four things necessary in life. You never know what someone's going through. Always be kind. Share a smile. Show a little compassion. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each, each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Latika Teosha said, Compassion, empathy, and consideration for others creates an environment of positivity where everything blooms, blossoms, thrives, and prospers. And finally, the last pooism number five, Weeds are flowers, too, once you get to know them. (laughs) Judging someone does not define who they are. It defines who you are. I love to people watch. And my family and I have a silly thing we do when we're in restaurants, the mall, or airports. It's a guessing game that helps pass time. It's harmless, but perhaps a bit nosy. My girls and I will notice people around us, and before we know it, we're guessing what they do for a living what kind of house they live in, guess what kind of relationship they're in, even what mood they're in. If a couple is eating near us at a restaurant that isn't talking to each other, we surmise that they've had an argument about who wanted to eat there and the other one didn't. (laughs) Or if there's a large group at a table, who are they? How do they know each other? Did they work together? Are they all family? If we see an older woman traveling with a young child, we wonder where the mother is and why isn't she there? Has something happened to her? Or is that actually the mother? We can come up with a story that books are made up with our vivid imaginations. Before we know it, we are into deep possible stories about people we don't know, who we will never see again, and it doesn't even matter. We try to figure out people and scenarios just by what we see. It's kind of nosy, but kind of fun. That first meeting with a new person is always intriguing because you often know nothing about them. Therefore, you look at how they dress, look, talk, act. You take in what you've noticed and start to internalize it, thus creating a first impression. You always hear about how the first impressions are judgmental, even immoral, but are they really? It's no secret everyone does it, at least every once in a while. However, first impressions aren't always right. There are many sides to a person, and no one is completely stereotypical. No one is two-dimensional. We're all alive with different thoughts, emotions, and personalities. Everyone is unique and complicated. This leads to different sides of a person. You act differently when in a formal setting than you do at home, just like you act differently when meeting someone for the first time than you do around close friends. This is why first impressions are never completely accurate. As A.A. Milne said, weeds are flowers too once you get to know them. Make sure you know the person completely or nearly completely before you label them a weed. We used to have a neighbor next door, Mrs. Kim, well, I would see every now and then in my front yard picking weeds. Went out and asked her what she was doing. She said, oh, these aren't weeds. These are dandelions, and they are delicious. To me, they were weeds. 
To her, they were tasty food, but she helped me out by pulling my weeds. <laughs> Simply don't judge a book by its cover. Read the pages inside. The cover might be just one side of the person, and no one is a perfect stereotype. You will almost always be surprised when the flower blooms in front of you when you thought it was a weed. Kindness is the language in the, that the deaf can hear and the blind can see. Before you judge a man, walk a mile in his shoes. Probably will take the judgment away from you. Several years ago, I was selected to be on a civil case jury. The first afternoon of the trial, the lawyers just presented the case to us in simple terms, and the next day would begin the breakdown of the case with testimonies. I came home and I told Rex that I knew who I was siding with just with the introduction of what the trial was going to be about. I didn't know any details, but I had already formed my opinion of who I thought was at fault. After a couple of days of laying out the case to us, the jury, I had totally changed my mind and was siding with the other side. I prejudged without knowing all the facts, and was I totally wrong? Despite our best efforts, we all judge others. It might be over small things like a coworker who took too long of a lunch break, or it might be the bigger issues, such as a person who behaves selfishly or hurts our feelings. And remember that judging a person does not define who they are. It defines who you are. Be curious, not judgmental, said Walt Whitman. And Jesus said, judge not, lest you be judged. Or as one anonymous person said, I am just grateful that I'm not as judgmental as all those critical, self-righteous people around me. <laughs> we are all judgmental. It's human nature. But judgmentalism creates division between people. Think about it for a second. We see someone based on their looks or actions, and we pass judgment on them. And it's not usually good judgment either. A young couple moved into a new neighborhood. The next morning while they were eating breakfast, the young woman saw her neighbor hanging the washing outside. That laundry is not very clean. She doesn't know how to wash correctly. Perhaps she needs better laundry soap. Her husband looked on, remaining silent. Every time her neighbor hung her washing out to dry, the young woman made the same comments. A month later, the woman was surprised to see a nice, clean wash on the line and said to her husband, Look, she's finally learned how to wash correctly. I wonder who taught her how. Her husband replied, Honey, I got up this morning and cleaned our windows. <laughs> and so it is with life. What we see when watching others depends on the clarity of the window through which we look. So don't be too quick to judge others, especially if your perspective of life is clouded by anger, jealousy, negativity, or unfulfilled desires. Every person in the world has their own story. Many times their story in life may turn out being something that we never knew anything about. Sometimes we don't really know what makes a person tick because of something that they may have experienced at some point. A few years ago, a 24-year-old young man looking out from the train's window shouted, Dad, look, the trees are going behind us. His dad smiled. A young couple sitting by looked at the 24-year-old's childish behavior with pity. Then suddenly he again exclaimed, Dad, look, the clouds are running with us. The couple couldn't resist and said to the old man, Why don't you take your son to see a good doctor? The old man smiled and said, I did, and we're just coming from the hospital. My son was blind from birth, and he just got his eyes today. Yes, the truth might surprise you. So I want to say thank you, Winnie the Pooh, for the wisdom you have brought to us. 
I'm asking God to give us new eyes to see the simple yet rich lessons that we've heard about today. We all have amazing blessings in our lives, and if we will only look through the lenses of faith and love, we can see them. Happy Mother's Day. I love you all. Enjoy your day and count your blessings. Thank you.